welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, president of Borealis. If you've been following me over the last little while, you will have realized that I just finished a review of the eight-part Netflix series Caliphate, which was a Swedish production that looked at Islamic State or ISIS and their links into Sweden. So what was happening with a couple of Swedes who joined as so-called foreign fighters with the group, as well as a traveler who was sent back from Islamic State into Sweden to plan terrorist attacks. And in my eight-part review, I talked about how realistic I thought the series was, both from the perspective of the security service, or SEPO, which is the Swedish security service, equivalent to the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, or CSIS in Canada, where I worked for 15 years, as well as looking at how realistic ISIS was portrayed as a terrorist group. Did they do and say the things that I myself found in my career as an analyst looking at this particular heinous group of actors. There's one aspect though in episode 8 that I neglected to mention and I wanted to leave it for a separate podcast. And there's a scene about halfway through where the manager, Nadir, whom Fatima, who's an intelligence officer, thought was a traitor, ends up being actually a good guy. And he they have Fatima arrested for being a rogue agent. And Nadir goes to talk to her. Because she has just realized that the three terrorist attacks that that she thought she was the only one who knew about, and she was working her sources in Iraq to find out this, rather Syria, to find out this information, turns out that Sapo had known all about this for months. They've been following this group. They had human sources in place. They were well positioned to actually stop the attack. And when Fatima chastises Nader for letting it happen, so the two brothers ended up actually opening fire in a subway station. No one was hurt. The guy on the plane, the bomb didn't go off. And Ibe, who was the Egyptian traveler, had a small bomb go off in an apartment building. And there's no indication there's any casualties at all. When Fatima challenges Nadir for saying, how can you let this happen? Nadir replies as follows. I'm going to quote this at length. It's a translation from Swedish. So I don't know how accurate it is. I don't speak Swedish and I don't have any access to the Swedish original. But here's what Nadir says. Do you know what everyone in this building hates? In this building, meaning the Sapo headquarters. Spying on evil fucking jihadists for months and months on end. And then we stop them. And then what? They are acquitted. Or they're charged with planning a terrorist attack. And they get five years. And they're out in three. I found this part of the episode, this scene, really, really interesting from a couple of perspectives. I think it reflects, to some extent... The feeling that we had at CSIS, and I believe other security services around the world have. You launch these investigations, you recruit human sources, you do surveillance, you obtain court-authorized intercept warrants, you gather all this intelligence, or if you're law enforcement, all this evidence, you go to trial, you've got these guys lock, stock, and barrel, you charge them with terrorism, conspiracy to commit terrorism, whatever, it goes to trial, and at the end of the day, a lot of these guys do in fact get acquitted or they get little time off. And let me just give you a a, a tiny example from Canada. You may have heard of the Toronto 18. I've referred to it very, very often. This was a plot back in 2005, 2006, one that I worked on extensively as a senior strategic analyst with CSIS at the time. And on June 2nd, we ended up arresting 17 people. The 18th guy was arrested a couple of months later. When the trials ended, 11 of the 18 were convicted. Seven were acquitted, including four of the five young offenders. Of the 11 that were convicted, a whole bunch got time served. So in Canada, if you're standing trial, you're charged with something and your trial isn't taking place, the average rule is it's a two for one. 
you get two years credit for every one year you spend in remand pending your trial. We found this very, very frustrating. I don't know what others think of the Toronto 18. It has been dismissed as the gang that couldn't shoot straight. These guys had three tons of fertilizer and they had three targets in the greater Toronto area. These were serious terrorists. Even if they couldn't organize a piss up in a bar, they still were serious terrorists. And had they been successful, they would have killed and maimed thousands of people in Canada's largest city. So for us to do all this work and see at the end of the day that not, not quite or a little more than half of them actually get convicted and even less than half actually serve jail time. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, not one single member of the Toronto 18 is still behind bars 14 years later for planning a massive terrorist attack. You can understand why we in the security intelligence world and law enforcement, we get frustrated. We have expended great effort. We've done the best job to our ability to prevent bad things from happening. And yet either people are dismissive. And it's interesting, going back to the Caliphate series, Nader says that Swedish people are naive. They don't, they don't get it. They don't think terrorism is a real threat. That's why we let the attack go as far as it did. We, we were in complete control. We wanted to show Swedes that this stuff is really serious. This is real. It's not something we make up to pay the bills. There are terrorists and they do plan terrorist attacks. I think there's three things that are involved in this. They're related, but they're separate. Number one is that it is entirely possible that when we go to court, we don't have the right evidence or we don't present the evidence properly. There's a huge issue in my country with intelligence to evidence. That is using information collected by my old organization, CSIS. It is not collected to evidentiary standards. It is not used in court. I'm not saying the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, which is the federal police force, which ends up taking over the investigations and collecting to an evidentiary standard. I'm not saying they're not doing a good job. But it appears that in some cases, for whatever reason, we're not convincing the courts that these guys are serious. Number two, I have issue with certain judges. I think they don't get it. I think terrorism is such an infrequent occurrence in a country like Canada. Very few judges have any experience in adjudicating it, and therefore they don't understand it. So I have been advocating for decades better training of judges. I myself have given lectures to judges on Islamist extremism, what it means, what it looks like, what the importance of it is. I just think that for in a lot of cases, they simply don't know what to do with what's before them. I think that's a problem. Thirdly, I, I think Canadians are woefully naive, just like Nader says the Swedes are in caliphate. If you were to ask the average Canadian in the street, is terrorism real? You probably get blank looks or you get questions. They have no idea what you're talking about. So there's an education process there as well. All this to say, I want to go back to something that I've been raising for a number of, of weeks, months, with respect to the whole incel movement. And that is maybe it's time to stop charging people with terrorism. It's so hard to prove. We, ha we have a high level of, of uh, demands by the court to demonstrate beyond a reasonable doubt that something's happening. And that's, that's good. I'm glad our country has that. I wouldn't want it any other, any other way. But because terrorism is so hard to prove, Maybe we need to get to a point where we don't prove it anymore. We simply charge them with murder or attempted murder or conspiracy to commit murder. This is, uh, I think, easier to prove. You don't have to prove motivation. You don't have to prove ideology. And you might get better results. Now, some would say, well, how can you not charge someone with terrorism? And I would simply counter, we didn't have terrorism laws in Canada before 9-11. There was no part of the criminal code that talked about a terrorist offense. That all came in after 9-11. And yet we had terrorists in this country well before 9-11. We had the FLQ in Quebec in the 1960s and 70s. We had Sikh extremists, the Air India actors in the mid-1980s. We had Armenian terrorists, carried out two attacks in Ottawa in the early 80s. 
my God, you go back, we had the, we had the IRA back in the 60s and 70s. We had the Japanese Red Army here, for God's sakes. So it's not that we can't investigate terrorism. We can absolutely investigate terrorism with the exact same tools we do now. Human agents slash sources, physical surveillance, sharing of information amongst allies, interior and exterior, etc. But at the end of the day, what we have to do is maybe say, hmm, we've got these guys dead to rights, no pun intended. Maybe we just charge them with a garden variety offense and not go down the terrorism route. Maybe then we won't get the disappointment like we had a few years ago, where there were two young people from Montreal who sought to join Islamic State and they were acquitted for some stupid reason. They should have been convicted of, of, of wanting to go and join a terrorist group. But I didn't follow the, the trial that closely. I don't know where the, the system broke down, but now we have two wannabe jihadists that are on the streets of Montreal. Are they dangerous? I have no idea. That's not the point. The point is, is that we had laws in place to convict them of terrorist offenses and the laws failed us for reasons unknown. I think we have to rethink the way we're doing things. We lived in a world where terrorism was not a big thing for centuries. This is a fairly recent phenomenon. It only dates from the middle of the 19th century, at least as, as defined by most scholars and practitioners. Maybe it's time we change our laws again and go back to what worked for us, charging people with murder, attempted murder, or conspiracy to murder. I'm, I'm sick and tired of these court cases that don't succeed. I'm heartened to hear that there's a case in Kingston. This is a medium-sized city on, on Lake Ontario, sort of two hours south of Ottawa, where a young offender did plead guilty to terrorism just a few days ago in a case that was quite shocking a few, a few years back. I no details because he's a young offender, so his, protect, his name's protected. A lot of details are under wraps. But we are failing in terrorism cases. We are failing to successfully prosecute them. I don't want to go to the route where Nader says that the security service should let something get, go up to the 11th hour before stopping it because all kinds of things can go wrong. You can lose sight of somebody. Uh, they can take action that was uns unsuspected and people will die. I don't want to have to do that to prove to Canadians that terrorism is, is a problem. So let's just charge them with something else. That's my point of view. It's one I've come to slowly. And here's a guy that worked in counterterrorism for 15 years and has written five books on terrorism. I don't dismiss terrorism as a phenomenon. It is a phenomenon. I'm just wondering whether we need better tools or better approaches on how to deal with it. Otherwise, you just get people on the streets that are acquitted. They're, it's making a mockery of the justice system. And then Canadians start to say, well, you, you can't convict anybody. I guess terrorism's not real. If it were that much of a menace, you would actually convict these guys. They'd be in jail. They're not in jail. Ergo, it's not a menace. I don't know. Anybody else out there have any, any other ideas? I'd, I'd love to hear from you. If you're a, a, a lawyer, for example, you have a legal background, or you also worked in security intelligence or law enforcement, do, do, do these ideas fly? Is this a, a better way of prosecuting terrorism in, our, in, our, in Western countries? I just don't want to see the, I don't want to see the frustration mount because I saw it in the, in the eyes and the faces of the people I worked with at CSIS. These are good Canadian men and women that do their utmost to keep us safe. And then they hand the case off and it fails. That's, that's not a good ending. Let me know what you think. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content and want to receive more of it, please go to my webpage, www.borealisthreatrisk.com. Go to the subscribe button. Give me your email address. You'll get a daily digest free of charge every morning with quick hits, the longer intelligent look at terrorism perspectives, all the written material today in terrorism, etc., etc., etc. I hope to hear from you with your ideas on what you think of this, as well as ideas for future podcasts and blogs. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.